we found a tribe to call home and, you know, drank the Kool-Aid, signed up for the coaching and mentoring. And it's been a steady progression of course after course, mastermind, mastermind, masterclass. And here I am two years later, you know, we're closing 280 doors in November. So there are millions of real estate investors out there and most are stuck with just a couple of properties. They want financial freedom, but their small portfolio ends up costing them more in time, effort, and money than it's worth. Getting out of the rat race seems harder than ever. This show will help you do more deals, better deals, and bigger deals. Finally, you'll be able to reach your income and lifestyle goals. How? By attracting and leveraging private money partners and their capital. Now get ready to raise more money, because here's your host, Dave Dubow. Hey folks, welcome back. Today we've got a special guest zooming in who is a multifamily investor who's done some amazing things in a pretty short period of time. Our special guest today is Mel Gabu, and he has accumulated a portfolio of coming up on 280 rental units in just over two years. So Mel, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me, Dave. Pleasure to be here. All right, Mel. So let's talk a little bit. We were talking off off camera a little bit about your background, but tell everybody how you got into this wild and wonky world of real estate and how you got focused on multifamily, because it's a big, big step away from your profession. That's for sure. So oh, just yeah. a little bit of background. So born and raised, I'll say for my occupation, registered nurse since 2000. My wife and I both registered nurses since the 2000. And I've been thrown into the world of intensive care ever since. So I've taken care of the worst of the worst, the sickest of the sick for 23 years now. Wow. And our, our origin to real estate was basically during uh, the COVID years. We were working pretty gruesome conditions, dealing with really sick people that were kind of passing away under like the best care, you know, that could be provided anywhere without their family at their bedside because of the restrictions and the visiting limitations and all. And it kind of kind of struck a little bulb in my wife and I's, you know, like we're really conscious now that our time here is kind of boring, right? We, yeah. We're not here. We don't have a last forever date. We have an expiry date. And eventually we're all hit, kick the bucket. And COVID kind of made us realize we needed to buy back some of our time. And we were looking at how can we grow our little bit of savings that we had at the bank. And one of my coworkers, I got inspired by one of my coworkers, to be honest, to start. She had bought a little house, had flipped it and rented it through property manager at it. And she's like, it's paying me cash flow and it's showing and they're not even doing anything. My property manager takes care of it all. And she's like, she was going through the numbers and I'm like, damn, if these guys can do it. My wife and I, you know, we're smart people. We could yeah. get a crack crack at this. And so we called the closest realtor. We had the family, like the this nice realtor we knew in town, went to school with my wife. So she's like, they knew each other from long back. And she, she was kind of our real estate mama. She threw us a, a duplex in a nice neighborhood made our offer on it and the first bid we got it you know so so we ended up renting it side by side we learned all we needed to know about bad tenants our first rental because we knew nothing about it <laughs> yeah it. so so you you just you saw somebody else doing something kind of cool you jumped in with both feet 
didn't bother to get much education ahead of time Nothing. and just went for it and learned through the school of hard docs. Oh yeah, no, definitely. And after all those efforts and trials, it kind of put a pause on our progression. Like we wanted to buy more, but this tenant was, was hogging so much of our time and energy trying to manage the damage they were doing that, you know, eventually when we got back to our realtor and said, you know, let's go for one more. And she's like, you guys went through all of that stuff and you're still in the game. I think you guys are here to stay. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not putting my gloves down. Let's go like round two, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for, I'm ready for more. But our meager savings were like, oh, well, we were down to a little bit of money. And we're like, well, how can I replicate this? And no education. So I started to look around and I had a buddy that was doing a private lending thing with real estate investing in mind. And I'm like, hey, dude, tell me about what you're doing. And I threw in my little bit of my savings I had to private lend. And we kind of got introduced to some, some communities online. We found a tribe to call home and, you know, drank the Kool-Aid, signed up for the coaching and mentoring. And it's been a steady progression of course after course, mastermind, mastermind, masterclass. And here I am two years later, you know, we're closing 280 doors in November. So, <laughs> well, not only that, you're telling me before we started, you've just given your letter of resignation as a registered nurse, correct? Yes. Yes, we have. So me just so both recently, of you, both you and your wife are yeah. resigning at the same time. Wow. Yeah, me just recently and my wife, because she decided with a lot of insisting that we were going to manage all these properties ourselves. So she opened her own property management outfit. She, she did all her homework. She's incorporated. We have it all legit and ready to go. We're absorbing the whole portfolio coming October. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. So, so she, she took it on and she had to, to really sell it to me. Like, uh, I think she, she tried like a dozen times before getting me to, okay, I'm going to listen to your pitch. <laughs> oh, wow. And she made us realize with the current management, we were spending way too much of our time and energy picking Managing up the, the managers. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're like scouring through invoices, scouring through like, and picking up quite massive amounts of, of mistakes and misprints and this and that. And that was costing us money. Had we not the time to do all those reviews, we would have been down thousands and thousands of dollars. So, and she was very involved with the leasing. And at one point she was the only one doing it. And so I called my property manager one day and I'm like, where's her office? Why are we working for free? You know, and they corrected a bit, but after a short amount of time after that, we decided, okay, enough is enough. We're at a density where it just makes sense at this point. It can salary her and salary a few other people. We can rent an office, all that stuff. It's it's just normal, I think, at this point. So, Mel, tell me a little bit about your portfolio, because going from a duplex to <laughs> 280-some units in, in two years while you're both still working full-time is pretty darn impressive, very, very inspirational that's for sure so you know you talked about coaching and mentoring and and all that stuff but at the end of the day it boils down to taking action so maybe walk us through after the duplex and after a little bit of private lending what was your next step what was what was kind of that next deal that you got into did you get into it as a limited partner or as a general partner how has your progression kind of worked yeah, so with the meager savings and a little bit of confidence we had with the starting point after all that mentorship, 
we decided let's try JVing. So we found a couple more duplexes that were, you know, ideal, good situations, good markets. Of course, we were masters of, you know, market research by then. And we find a couple of JV partners. And, you know, we got those properties rolling like back to back a month after each other. And then, and then we had a couple more properties and they didn't bite. The, the JVs weren't like signing up for it and they were good properties. So I'm like, well, scaling at this pace felt like a, like a snail's pace. And we were into a mastermind session one night and we were the new blood, you know, on that venue. And we had a breakout session to basically, you know, talk and get to know the, the crew and the people in the room. And since we were the new blood, everybody kind of bombarded us with questions. And one of my current partners, Benoit Sorel, uh, out of BC, was attending that mastermind one of the nights out of the year. You know, like he he signed up for him, but he never shows up because he doesn't have time. He's a very busy guy. But that night he showed up and we dared ask the question out loud. How soon is too soon to get into multifamily? And he kind of perked up and he's like, if you guys want to get into multifamily, you had just closed and worked a couple of deals out in BC. And he's like, I'm interested in where you guys are sitting. Maybe we can have a conversation and, and work with each other. Uh-huh. So that's the conversation that got us to having further conversations. And then let's let's start underwriting deals. So we went shopping. We sent him 60, 70 deals to look at, like, back-to-back weeks full of basically sitting at the computer, crunching numbers, reviewing together and explaining why, oh, this doesn't work, this doesn't work, this is overpriced. And then we'd throw offers out and bam, we'd get overbid, we'd get overbid. So yeah. we we tried for about six months and you should see the files I have on on record that prove that we did all that you know that work. Uh-huh. And then, then November 21, we made an offer on a $3 million tree building portfolio in little up north Bathurst, New Brunswick, a beach town. Yeah. And bam, we got it. And we closed that in March 22. And that was our first 40 units. And then we proceeded with July closing of another 16 unit, November closing of 82 units. We just closed in July, this past July, 32 units in Sackville, New Brunswick. And we're working now on closing 70 units in the same town, Sackville, New Brunswick. So we have about 200 units concentrated in Sackville, New Brunswick. And you will ask me, why the heck Sackville, New Brunswick? Well, it's a university town, home to Mount Allison University, one of the top rated pre-graduate program universities in Canada. It attracts international traffic. And then we have about 88 units dedicated to students, all three bedrooms. They all receive they all received one student per bedroom and they're top market because they rotate themselves out. Right. So this is sounding a little bit like deja vu Mel, because I, I believe I was talking with Benoit. I interviewed him a, a number of months ago and I think he was oh. talking about these, uh, these, <laughs> <laughs> these yes. student rentals out uh, yeah. the New Brunswick. So that's very, very cool. Well, mm-hmm. Hey, you know what, that, that is so interesting. And he just kind of mentioned that, that he had partners out in because I think I was asking him about mm-hmm. how he managed all of this stuff from afar. So it sounds like number one, you were part of a good group and you had the courage to kind of ask this question and just kind of the stars aligned that you, the, this active real estate investor with a lot of experience under his belt happened to be on the call and found out where you guys were located. And he was already thinking about the Maritimes and you happened to be there and, and there mm-hmm. was, 
lined up nicely. So kind of walk me through how the GP side of things works with your deals. So you guys are, are the boots on the ground right now. You're you're the ones finding the deals, doing the due diligence, or at least the initial stuff on that, bringing mm-hmm. opportunities to the table. Your partner, Benoit, brings experience. And I believe he also probably helps raise capital, bring the limited partners on board with that. How do you kind of divvy things up responsibility-wise in these kind of deals now, these days, now that you got a bit of a track record? Quite a bit of a yeah. Yeah, so so I I consider us. I find the term "boots on the ground" a little a little slangy, you know. Like, uh, and and they represent what we do because we're here, of course. But I consider it more like a market expert because yeah. because I go I go hunt those deals down. Those sellers call me, you know, like they mm-hmm. and they call me directly. That comes off across my desk, and a lot of times by the time I'm done conversing with them, if I if I have that ability, the deals call almost in in the you know, in a nutshell, almost wrapped up and ready to go. Yeah. So that's that's what we bring. But how the GPLP structure works? Well, we can't ignore one last piece of the puzzle that was added to our team throughout that partnership with Ben. We were introduced to Nico Batista. He's a lawyer. Him and his wife Maria are both lawyers, and he works in wealth management at BMO. So he's exposed to you know retired investors with large portfolios. Yeah. And he helps them navigate tax tax season and and wealth you know wealth management so that they're they're optimized you know so his his expertise in in the legal side of things and also on the corporate you know legal side also very much very much helped. We had already sourced out our uh, securities law firm before we even introduced Nico to the team. Yeah. So we were we were heading the right direction, but him being of legal mind was able to accelerate the process and help create limited partnerships that were optimized from the go, mm-hmm. optimized for, for tax reasons, optimized for, for everybody, you know, so mm-hmm. for, and his, his mortal enemy is the CRA. He doesn't, he doesn't like paying taxes. I, I don't and- think that's unique to Nico. I think most <laughs> of us, that's our mortal enemy. Yeah. So, so, so he likes to optimize the language in the LP. So they're very tax efficient for our investors. So we created, we decided to all work as a gang and we created the GP. So we, we founded the Sunset team, Sunset Investments, and now Sunset Investments holds about nine different companies. So we've that's what we grew to in the short amount of time. Each each deal has its own corporation. So and then depending on the performance of the project, we decide how we can make it work. And sometimes we need to invite equity partners to mm-hmm. to take the table. And as the GP, where we source the deal, find the deal and buy the deal in name of the LP partners, right? So, right. so that's how it works. The LP, depending on the size and structure needed, you know, they can. We sometimes we need to sell, you know, two hundred, three hundred units at ten k a unit, and then we we come we come to creative ways to make the units a bit different, a bit different, and to to all appetites. So basically, there's equity investors that like monthly cash flow and like a guarantee. There's equity investors that like having equity and don't care much of cash on cash, or they 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 have like a three to five percent threshold on cash on cash, and that's what they like. But there's the retired, also you know, people that are living on a little bit of a bank account, 
and that bank account, you know, they're dipping into it every year to, to survive and they wanted to, to live longer. Mm-hmm. So we, we create like PREF, PREF structures for, for some equity type shares that, that they can buy into and get a guaranteed month to month revenue that makes their, their savings last five years longer or 10 years longer, depending on, on the deal. So we build them that way with the different types of, of equity structures. We even do like early bird shares. We'll have uh, X amount of units dedicated to like early investors that hop on early. They get 10% off. So instead of getting 10 units for 100K, you get you get 11 units, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And that really increases increases their performance. They they end up you know, cashing out a little more than the, the others because they were in early, right? So yeah. And through... Through a few of those successes, we we have now return investors. People yeah. really really like what we do. They like the product that we put up, and and they come back and they say, "Hey, I've just got my check back from you guys, and I want to. Do you got it? Do you got anything else that I can put this to work with? Enough now that my kids are even my my own two sons, the twenty twenty one. They came to me with meager savings. They're like, "Dad, can we chip in?" And I'm like. I'll take your money, boys. <laughs> That's uh, nice for a change, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if, if they're starting at 2021, yeah. imagine repeat investments over time compounding. Yeah. That's these guys good. are That's these good. Guys, bringing on your guys. own kids as, as yeah. investors. So besides dropping up capital from your kids, what have you found has worked best for finding investors, getting them on board? Or is that really not? not your area is that is that oh, I, info, or everybody's kind of evolved in raising capital for your deals so i i'm very hands-on as far as raising capital i think that's uh that's also one of the big elements that i that i bring value for the team i'm a very people person maybe my background in nursing has something to do with that communication skills but I, I'm able when I like my project and I know my project in and out because you know by the time it's all cooked and ready, you look at it and if I would buy it myself, it can sell. I can sell it. I was I was a I'm a I'm a good salesman. You know, put it that way. And the thing is, is that you you throw it out, you put you put out feelers. People respond to you at different rates. But I find that at a certain point, you you either have to take a breath. Your fundraising, say two million dollars, and you're a month until closing and you're, you're short 500K and you've been at it for two, three weeks steady and, and they're just not turning up. Mm-hmm. You just got to take a pause sometime, look at what you've done for your efforts and see if you missed somewhere or someone. And during that time, I find that people come to me. When I take that pause and slow down and I, I empty my calendar, I let it or let it expire, people come to me and say, hey, man, I saw you had that deal the other day. I didn't have time to talk to you is it still up and going and i'm like yeah i, I got one spot left for you you know I, that's often the, the i got one spot left you know like you, you want to jump on now and you'd be surprised how it just fills itself up but on a lot of the opportunities we've had i've contributed you know 40 to 50 percent of wow. of the raising so, so I, well, I, well that is fascinating mel so i'm just always curious about you know, especially successful folks that have raised a lot of capital. You know, if if you're raising and you know 40, 50% of these kind of deals, you have to raise two million bucks to get into the one of these properties. That means you're raising a million dollars, give or take, in in a fairly tight time frame. So 
what have you found works best for creating that community or accessing that community of investor prospects? Where where have you gone fishing and that's worked best for you? Well, the groups that allow me to to basically so my mentorship groups that allow me to basically advertise inside, you know, the subgroup, you know. So for example, I'll give you a one of my biggest supporters, the Fearless Community, mm-hmm. Core, Core Tiffany Young, Ignite a program. They champion us. You know, they they let us do some live Tuesdays on and presenting our own opportunities. You know, they mm-hmm. they like the product we offer and they they're not afraid to to say it out loud. So that the community kind of listens. And those guys that are on the fence that are not sure if they should start investing and they see the coaches to this group saying, these guys are doing something special. Well, it kind of makes them consider, well, maybe our first go should be at, with these people. And oftentimes it's like first meeting, second meeting, but there's typically three to four points of contact with a new investor yeah. before they're committed, before you have their their 100% undivided attention. And they're well, willing I mean, to- you got to create the no like, and trust factor for them to be willing to- For sure. For, for, for sure. Work out whatever your minimum is. Okay, very cool. So- for people listening to this going, well, that okay, that sounds good for Mel. He somehow got in good with these people that have big, big followings or got the masterminds or, or what have you. What would be your suggestion for somebody who's not where you're at right now to replicate what <clears throat> you do? Any thoughts there? Well, I started somewhere and it didn't start with me getting investors lining up to invest. It started with, you know, trial and error, trial and error. So the open Facebook, you know blanket messages. Here's this opportunity. We're trying to be very compliant with securities. Of course, you can't give numbers. You can't make promises on returns, all that stuff. But you send those out there and then you wait for people to get back to you. And that involves quite a bit of tedium. I don't know if you've took part in in some type of advertising in that fashion, but everybody kind of messages you back. I'm interested, 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 interested. And, and then you have to reply to all these people, send me your email, send me your email. You know? So Eventually, you build an email list quite significant, yeah. and then and then you send out your opportunity to them, and with a little little form that for them to fill out. And that form, I use I use Jotform, and I'm not trying to advertise a product more than others. Some people use others, but I use Jotform, and there's automations on Jotform that says, "Do you want to be part of my mailing list?" I use Mailchimp link to it. Mm-hmm. That as soon as they click yes, it sends their email to my mail list. And then I when I review my mail list, I put them as VIPs, accredited, friends and family, blah, 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 blah. So I can identify you tag them. them. Yep. I tag, tag them. Yep. So over time, my list has grown significantly, nice. you know. And people that invest with me, they get a VIP star next to their name. And when my opportunities as, as come, they should, right? Yeah. <laughs> and when when and when my newest opportunities come up. They get to see a tweet two weeks before I go to market with everybody else. Ah, they get the early bird special. Of course. Yeah, that's what they they get the early bird special. They get to to hop on before there's no more room left. And after that, it goes to my accredited or or I can I could basically select who I send it to. Or I'll send it, I'll spam five thousand emails out there and send it out. The the opening, you know, there's statistics that gather up on how many people open it, how many garbages it went to, or the bounce back, you know, so the email is not valid anymore, whichever. So you get statistics and you kind of tweak your your mailing list and 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 try to improve things. So that's how we did it. But I did find for every 200, 300 emails average, you might get two to three bytes. 
So, so you need to populate quite the list and you have to be you know, kind of merciless at it. Other approaches we've used, we did live webinar presentations. Mm-hmm. We hired an audio video guy to do a little bit of a film of you know, the, uh, the opportunity in a nutshell. You know, with uh, drone shots of the buildings and uh, the environment nice. and the community. Yeah. And nice upbeat music, nice script. So it looked very pro. So we threw that together. And, you know, people people decided, well, what you guys look professional. You present a professional product. And you and there's the other selling aspect is that the LP structures are so favorable to to de-risk the investment. There's no, there's no unrisky investment or there's no no yeah. risk investment. But the LP really tightens the belt on how exposed you are, you know, as an investor. Let, let me ask you a question here, Mel. So I get it, and that you know, you find a deal, and then you really beat the bushes to to raise the capital. What do you do, if anything, between deals? In between with the, deals, with, with that list of five thousand people, we do report. Like we'll we'll send quarterly quarterly performance emails to our investor lists, and then we'll send like you know newsletters to the rest like hey guys we're still here if you're interested in investing with us you know like here's here's the link to the form that gives them link to the calendly mm-hmm. and and on that same form if we have an opportunity cooking they can they can click yes i'm interested and boom it goes to their inbox so there's that delivery system that's become automated that i don't have to, to do anymore i just have to kind of change the opportunity and and write an email every month and and uh, send it out as a newsletter. Now remember people that we're still doing what we're doing and how alive we are and how good the you know the previous deals are are doing. And so just to kind of toot your horn in a little bit, you know, like you, yeah. you, have, you have to praise well, I I think are you open to a couple of suggestions around how yes. you might even put things on hyperspeed? For sure. Yeah, Mel. So I think you know, obviously you're doing a lot of things right. One recommendation I would have just based on our short conversation here is the frequency of between deals communications. And I get it. You're mm-hmm. busy. You're working full time at the moment, not for long. <laughs> so <laughs> so this could be a little project for once you are able to free up those hours that you've been doing the nursing job with. But what we find works really well that we do with our clients, because we help our clients with the marketing for raising capital, is constant, consistent, edutaining communication. Mm -hmm. So once a week, something's coming out in between between deals. This is just a constant kind of a drip campaign, but it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when we're working with clients the first week of the month, it's a newsletter, something similar to what you guys are are already doing. One thing we do a little bit differently is instead of sending a standalone newsletter as an email, we send out a teaser email with a link to the newsletter, which is on your website. Mm -hmm. So that everything brings people back to the website where they can poke around, check out your past deals, watch videos, click on the contact us tab, book a call, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you create your funnel. Yeah, exactly. And you've you've got a captive group. You've got this you've got this database of people. So again, the more that you can get them going to your website and checking things out, the better. So the first week of the month newsletter, next week it could be a short little blog post, you know. Mm-hmm. So you guys are focusing on multifamily investing. So depending on how you count them, there might be eight or nine different 
profit centers that you and your investor partners enjoy from doing a deal. So you might have a, a blog post about a different profit center every once in a while. Yeah. And then the next week, it's a short little video log. So mm -hmm. it's you, your handsome smiling face on there talking <laughs> about something that you guys are doing, one of yeah. the, some of the deals that you're doing, some of the deals you've underwritten, what whatever, stuff that's going on. So you just have this constant drip, 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 and all of the marketing has a very clear call to action. Hey, if you'd like to find out more and see how this could work for you, book a call, book a yeah. call, book a call. And then just like you're doing, the whole goal is on those conversations to get people committed. Now, it mm -hmm. might not be getting them, you know, this could be in between deals, but get them signing off on an expression of interest, something like that, that puts them in the the next tier below the VIPs, but the hot to trot yeah. second tier. Yeah, ready um, to invest. That Yeah, ready to invest. The, the people who get first dibs on these things. Mm -hmm. So right now, I know it's difficult because you got a lot on, on your plate. But once you free up a little bit of time, especially if you batch things up, because that's another, another big trick. Instead of trying to think up content every week, that's a real pain in the ass. You know, you batch it up. If you're going to be doing videos, you crank out you know, create eight, 10, 12 videos all at one time, and then just get them scheduled in your, in your MailChimp. To, so it goes out on autopilot for you. Yeah. Yeah. Set it and forget it. Same thing with your blog posts, newsletters. Yeah. You do kind of have to personalize those every month kind of thing. But again, if in addition to all the great stuff you guys are doing, if you get that constant, consistent, edutaining communication going out and by edutaining, I mean, a little bit educational and hopefully somewhat entertaining. You don't have to be a jokester, but if you mm -hmm. share stories, case studies, examples, that sort of stuff, one of the mistakes a lot of us make, you know, with the marketing is we make it all real estate, right? Mm -hmm. And we think we think that our target market really wants to hear all about real estate. Well, chances are a lot of your people do, yeah. but they also want to know what's going on in Mel's life, right? What's what's happening with you? What's happening with the other partners on the team, right? So if you, you share a little bit of those insights, you know, talking about you and your wife, your journey, how you guys are, are leaving the medical field, the whole, like what you've talked about here is very inspirational. Like you had a major wake-up call there. So mm -hmm. if you kind of bring those lessons, life lessons that you've learned, yeah, it really helps with the no like, and trust. Oh, for sure. For sure. Oh, and thanks for the, thanks for the, the input that's uh i'll take that to uh to action <laughs> oh that's that is well you're, you've already taken massive action my friend mm -hmm. uh, you've done amazing things in a very short period of time so mel if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to what's the best way for them to connect with you i can be found on facebook you can also look up djc properties info at gmail.com that's my direct email we have sunset investments Facebook page. We also now have a Send Property Management Facebook page that we can be reached at. So yeah, those are the the main uh, the main emails. All of our companies have different emails, but those are the ones that that all of us have access to. If you want to kind of reach any of us and and get in touch and start a conversation. Wonderful. Well, Mel, congratulations on all that you've accomplished. Congratulations on being able to walk away from that those golden handcuffs of that <laughs> good secure 
amazing, wow. amazing benefits type job to, to pursue <laughs> your dreams. I, I understand what a big step that is. So yes, hats yeah. off to you, to you and your wife. Thank you. Thank you. And speaking of dreams, you know, as I was making the decision process to get us there, I was, I was dreaming of driving a car with no brakes, right? And that, you know, the significance of that, sometimes you feel like your life is a little risky under control, like out of control. Maybe the situation was not 100% comfortable at first. And when I looked at the numbers, it all made sense. And I'm like, okay, this is this is the time we, we, uh, we're, we're ready we're for ready. this. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, thank you very much for sharing your insights and your journey. This has been a lot of fun. Yes, it's been a pleasure. And thank you for having me. It was uh, it was an awesome experience. And uh, keep up the good work, man. I, I love your podcast. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode. This episode is brought to you by MoneyPartnerFormula.com. Our Money Partner Formula service allows you to raise all the private capital you need to do all the deals you want while we handle the hard stuff. We offer reliable and affordable done-for-you marketing services that get you investor meetings booked without all the work. So go ahead and check out the website right now, and then feel free to schedule a call with me, and let's take your portfolio to the next level. Again, that's moneypartnerformula.com. Watch investor meetings pop up in your calendar. We handle the rest.